0: OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.
1: Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. I am so excited about this week's show, and it's not just because I'm joined by Bloomberg Gadfly columnist Tara LaChapelle and Bloomberg Wireless reporter Scott Moritz, two of my favorite guests, and also people. But no, I'm excited because every so often you stumble upon an M&A story that's unique and awesome and surprising and puzzling, and this week we have one, listeners. This is the tale of Straight Path. Never heard of Straight Path? I don't blame you, neither had I. StraightPath owns wireless spectrum and licenses that are very important for the eventual rollout of 5G. You know, the little 4G or LTE thing you see in the left-hand upper corner of your smartphone? Well, soon that will be 5G. Just how soon is still to be determined. But wireless companies, Verizon and AT&T and Sprint and T-Mobile, are all preparing for this day. And that's where we get to our story, because what Straight Path is is less important than knowing that AT&T really needs Straight Path. They need it for its wireless spectrum and licenses to move forward with its 5G technology. And Verizon knows AT&T needs this technology. And what does that lead to? It leads to an all-out bidding war, like just if you were in the good old days of eBay, if you're bidding for two items and the thing goes higher and higher and higher. But here's the rub. Unlike your typical eBay auction where two parties really want something badly, in this case, Verizon doesn't really need Straight Path, but they know that their biggest rival does. And what we have seen here is a bidding war out of spite. Yes, Verizon is sticking it to AT&T, and there's no end in sight. Scott and Tara, welcome to Deal of the Week. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. All right, so Scott, let's, let's take us all the way back here. So tell us a little bit about the history of Straight Path And then what has led us to this point, uh, you know, maybe hitting on some of the key dates?
2: As I look back, it's almost like this is like a found lottery ticket, this straight path uh, spectrum. But I'm going to back up a ways. Um, Back to IDT days. This is uh, a company founded by Howard Jonas. Um, He became well known uh, as a seller of long distance service, international long distance service. Um, he was based in Hackensack, and that's where I was working at the uh, Bergen Record at the time, and I did a profile of him there. Um, his his service basically gave you a dial tone for overseas calls. Um, it bypassed the local operators like AT&T, which is why it, it, it got a lot of attention because AT&T was furious that this outfit had found a way to get around their long-distance toll calls. Anyway, uh, Jonas uh, was you know, he's he's very full of himself and he's made himself quite rich and his family. He has nine kids. Uh, a lot of them work in the business or did at the time and still do. Um, he, uh, through a, a bankruptcy, IDT purchased uh, the assets of Windstar. This is back in 2000. This is after the, the bubble burst and a lot of companies went under. Uh, Windstar had a lot of these uh, millimeter band uh, spectrum, these airwaves, and so on, on a on a lark uh, or whatever they 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 bought the company thinking that the patents themselves would be the the revenue uh, for the company because they did a lot of patent defense and about suing and patent grew, trolling yes. basically. Yeah. Well, you know you can't say troll necessarily because that's kind of a legal term, but. They, Excuse that was there. That was their <laughs> that was their uh, that main thrust for the business. But it turns out, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier, uh, and t and Verizon got very interested because to some degree, these airways, it turns out, are going to be essential for this next wave of, uh, ter- of wireless communication.
1: All right, so Tara, what has happened? Let's start January of this year and then maybe fast forward a few months to what we have seen over the past few weeks in terms of why straight path is even on our radar what has happened to the stock
3: so i think beginning of the year uh, scott may know a little bit more about this but basically this company is essentially forced to do something with this
2: spectrum right it was the whole use it or lose it provision on all all airwaves the FCC has this clause use it or lose it right right
3: Right. so what happened was it it made straight path sort of a a willing seller and you had AT&T come in and the offer was announced formally on April 10th and I believe it was for around 96 dollars a share 96
1: dollars a share so so straight path was so when straight path announced that it was going to sell itself they, they used more formal language but that was basically what they said the stock went from $34 a share to $42 a share. Then at ts initial offer was, say that again? Around $96
3: so a share. So that's a huge premium. Yeah, so already you're like 180% or something like that. Um, and what was interesting about that was this company, while it wasn't really well-known among a lot of investors, short sellers loved it. So about 50% of their float, which is the, the shares that are available for trading, about half of that was sold short. As you can imagine, just that day when the AT and T deal was announced, there was a lot of short covering. So already the stock jumps, you know, about one hundred and sixty percent. Fast forward to May, and you have this undisclosed bidder who we come to learn is probably Verizon. Verizon uh, makes a bid, topping that, and then they come back again this week, and now it's at one hundred and eighty-four dollars a share. So a stock that was trading around thirty-four is now getting at least $184 a share in a takeover. So
1: just to put that in market cap terms, the initial bid for AT&T valued Straight Path at $1.6 billion. Then Verizon's, or, or who we assume to be Verizon's topping bid, values the company at $1.8 billion. Then at that point, there's another round of overbids where Straight Path is valued at $2.3 billion and then another overbid from Verizon, where now Straight Path is valued at $3.1 billion. That is at $184 a share, the most recent overbid. And today, Straight Path is trading at $216 a share. <laughs> right. So the market is assuming... There's no end in sight here.
3: Yeah, they think AT&T is going to come back. And the really interesting thing about this, so I was talking to um, S3 partners. They're the ones that uh, make the blacklight short interest software in the terminal, which is really cool. He was saying, uh, yesterday, uh, Shorts incurred a $112 million mark-to-market loss just on that day alone. They're down about $480 million for a 321% loss on an average short position of $150 million this year. So, we're talking about tons of money that was bet against this company that's now getting sold at like multiples of what it was trading at. So,
1: to put that in perspective, $480 million was about the market cap size (laughs) of this
3: company. Right, right.
1: Five weeks ago, right.
3: So this caught everyone by surprise.
1: So, so Scott, explain to us now why AT and T needs this company and why Verizon needs it less.
2: Well, um, if you've heard any of this stuff about five G, there's been a lot of hype around it, and a lot of the hype has been started by the carriers because they, AT and T and Verizon specifically, need a new business because their business is just it's being you know the prices are falling. They're losing subscribers to their, their rivals, Sprint and T-Mobile. It's a very tough, you know, gritty business right now. They want to find something else. That's something else for if you're a wireless carrier and if you're AT&T and Verizon and have some money to invest is in this 5G technology, which will connect everything really fast and give you automated cars and, and whatnot. But to do it, they needed a, <laughs> a new platform, which requires this heavy-duty spectrum, layman's terms, of course. But... This spectrum can can handle high high capacities of information really quickly. It's funny that AT&T jumped in, you know, believing its own hype. Probably jumped in with this initial bid, which was a hundred percent, you know, premium on the on the stock price of Straight Path at the time. Probably thinking that they had this killer bid. No one's going to dare outbid them because right. they've they've paid way too much. It looks like we're
3: already overpaying. So who's going to top us? <laughs>
2: Which, uh, oddly, it, it set uh, Verizon in motion. And you know Verizon already owns a, a pretty big swath of this so-called millimeter wave, uh, airwaves in the U.S. They could always use more. And, you know, they saw this relative value of this is pretty low. You know, we're talking about $3 billion to a company that's worth gobs and gobs of money. So th- th- this is... This is just chump change, really, at this point, even though it's ridiculously overpricing itself. but um, So Verizon probably saw two things. One, I can make it really difficult on my competitor to get this cheap by overbidding. And then second, they probably thought, well, you know, if we get a hold of this, we will kind of have a lock on a lot of this new spectrum uh, that's coming, that's going to be useful for, to us in the future.
1: What exactly will we be able to do with 5G technology that we can't do today? Is it just, it's just a little faster, or is there something else that 5G gives you?
2: it's all in your imagination at this point still um but what they describe some of the tech futurists is you know a a multi-connected environment where everything you have every electronic device is connected but more importantly things like uh cars can be run uh via automation because they can sense where they are on the road they can sense they can talk to other cars around them This can only happen if you have a really like lightning fast connection to other cars, like split, like smaller than a split second communication gap. You have to just know things in real time. And the only thing that can really deliver that kind of robust connection is this millimeter band or high frequency spectrum that connects everything.
1: And how are Sprint and T-Mobile positioned today in a 5G world?
2: Uh, You've named two companies that are... uh, don't have quite the resources of their larger rivals. So they've they've come at this at a different angle. Sprint says it has this 2.5 gigahertz spectrum that it can use as its own version of 5G. You know, the jury's still out. Nobody knows yet. I mean, the engineers are still trying to figure out a standard, and that, that won't come for another maybe two or three years, a standard that the whole industry can work on and the equipment can be built on. So it actually becomes available. And then a year after that, you might have service. So we are still talking about in the 2020s at some point. Uh, T-Mobile, similarly, they see a path to 5G that doesn't involve necessarily the same spectrum that AT&T and Verizon are looking at more and more using the spectrum that they have available to them.
1: So Straight Path currently has a market cap of $2.7 billion. Uh, That's without debt. And they're up 550% this year. Tara, have you ever seen anything quite like this? Does something ring a bell to you where there's a similar bidding war or maybe one company sticking it to another company to jack up the price of a coveted asset? Yes, it
3: sounds exactly like a Charlie Ergen situation. <laughs> um, if you remember Clearwire back in around 2012, 2013, that whole situation. So what happened was, it was really interesting and fun to cover at the time. Um, Sprint had a stake, a 50% or so stake in this company, Clearwire, which was a money loser, but they had all this spectrum. And Sprint really wanted it um, because they needed to you know, be able to have the capacity for all their customers. And, you know, more and more people at the time were getting phones. This was
1: in a 4G world or maybe even WiMAX, right? Yeah, I think it was WiMAX,
3: yeah. Yeah. So it was very early, um, but Sprint at that time, you know, was trying to bulk up. And they couldn't really afford to buy all of Clearwire. So what happened was SoftBank, the Japanese company, um, wanted to take a controlling stake in Sprint. And what Sprint would do is use those funds to then go ahead and buy out the rest of Clearwire. And it was going great until uh, Charlie Ergen's Dish came in and decided to try to break up the SoftBank or first i think he tried to break up the Clearwire Sprint deal and he made a competing bid for Clearwire and that went back and forth several times i think Sprint's original offer was like $2.90 a share for Clearwire they ended up paying $5 so like a 60 something percent
1: and the motivation for my memory to break up that deal was the thinking that SoftBank wouldn't want Sprint unless Sprint got Clearwire right so he right. might be able to break up the other deal exactly yeah. mm-hmm. it was
3: very much like game theory involved um and also Dish you know we're talking about companies nowadays trying to break into the wireless market, like the you know Comcast and Charter. But Dish started doing this years ago. They've been trying to break into it and they still have not and they have a ton of spectrum themselves. So, anyways, Dish tries to break up this deal. Then they come in and they try to compete for Sprint itself and try to break up the SoftBank deal. And this went on for a few weeks in 2013, and then eventually they walked away from both. But So the price
1: on Sprint also rose. This
3: price on Sprint rose, this price on ClearWire rose a lot. So basically he forced his two competitors. To pay up a lot, and he just backed away, and nothing ever came of his wireless strategy.
1: By the way, there is, uh, I have spoken to at least one banker who posited the theory to me that. Fast forward five years, Dish still has not found a wireless partner, right. and they could do this again if Sprint <laughs> and Timo try to merge, where where Charlie Ergen comes in over the top and tries to make a bid for whichever company is the seller there. I'm assuming it's Sprint because they're $24 billion market capital less than T-Mobile these days. Theoretically, he could jump in and, and force Timo to pay more for Sprint or else allow him into that deal in some sort of bizarre three-way combination. Sounds unlikely to me, but... Uh, I think this person told me this because of Charlie Ergen's reputation. And
3: I, I almost this. think it sounds more likely than the story that he's telling the street. Is he's saying, you know, we have all this spectrum and investors are worried. You're just sitting on it. It's not useful to you. How are you going to monetize it? You might have missed your window. And he's saying, no, no, you know, we're looking at the future of the Internet of Things and this spectrum is going to be behind it. We're going to build out our own network. And it seems like nobody really believes him and everyone <laughs> thinks that some sort of deal he's, is coming. He's
2: always been incredibly long-sighted. If you believe this whole, value of spectrum thing which is a you know like a real estate move you know you you buy this property it's only going to get better because everything's moving towards that you know it's funny i have
1: almost the exact same conversation with every person analyst banker lawyer about charlie which is he's a brilliant guy i have no idea what he's doing
3: right right
1: so like at some point after like five years of this like you have to wonder like is it possible that he doesn't really know what he's doing either and like this is just some sort of like well like Maybe it'll pay off, maybe it won't. That's actually what he said five years. Well, he sort of I I don't he said he's constantly said he has tons of options and like he likened his strategy to an episode of Seinfeld where it all comes together at the end. <laughs> uh but like we're still waiting now five right. years later for this end now like who knows i mean and that's what i think a lot of people say they're like we assume he'll be right in the end but we do not right know you how don't you end.
3: don't want to bet against him but you're really not but sure like not sure. i think there was a great quote it might have been in one of your stories scott where an analyst or someone said you know charlie Ergen is a great buyer of spectrum he's not yet a great seller of spectrum <laughs> right,
1: exactly <laughs> other than this weird wireless thing he's doing what he has done is he has purposefully disrupted his own industry by inventing Sling TV, which has taken away hundreds of thousands of customers from Dish itself (laughs) as they've switched over to watch TV on the Internet. But he has been the first mover here, and now you see AT&T and DirecTV rolling out a similar product. You see YouTube rolling out a similar product. And it's obvious that the direction of watching TV is going to be over mobile wireless airwaves so that you can watch TV on your devices And at home and you can watch these sort of less expensive cable bundles and that has been part of the motivation about why Dish has wanted to become a wireless company because they have seen the direction of mobility and and video tied in as one in the days of you only getting all of your TV at home as being arcane. So mm-hmm. that's sort of the motivation behind the story. yet. Yeah,
2: you know, you're that's a good point about the disruption. I mean, if, if you even think back to his own business, which was satellite TV, that was disrupting the whole cable right. business. It was. Right.
1: It was. It was a complete disruptor. So he's already done this once <laughs> yeah. and that's why he's the thirty fifth wealthiest person in the world. But
3: sling is really interesting because that goes back a decade now. I mean that goes back to Echo Star even, John he's Malone even days. Sling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. sling, sling Box. box yep. at first. That's and right. And now Sling T V which is I think such a hidden gem within that company it's I, I have it it's amazing I got rid of Time Warner Cable for uh Sling TV and it's just it's really cool and I don't understand why more people don't know about it and I have a feeling it's because Dish owns it
1: yes that has always been the problem yeah. in fact I did a profile on Sling when it was Sling Box when it had only been acquired by Dish for a couple of years uh talking to the founders of Sling Box at the time and they a guy named um uh, Blake Krikorian is that his name and then Jason Hershore, maybe I, I I might be wrong on that uh, but anyways they were not happy that Dish bought this thing and then basically hid it at right. the time they were like in hindsight we would have not sold to Dish like we were promised a story that this was going to be sort of integrated right in to the set top boxes and it wasn't for a while but mm-hmm. eventually it was they just sort of had a shorter time horizon maybe than uh, than what they were hoping but anyways that's a long tangent Uh <laughs> Uh, let's get back to straight path. <laughs> so Scott, how does this end?
2: So, um, we were just, my editor and I were wondering, you know, we've been writing this story like every Monday, it seems that, uh, cause that's when straight path decides to disclose what's, what's happened lately. They don't do it when they, when the, uh, bids come in, which we'd assume, but they, they do it on their schedule, which is Monday morning at six thirty. Um, but uh, we we were just joking that perhaps this goes on for many Mondays to come, just because you know what's to stop it. it, it, it the price does seem outlandish now, but you know these airways, if if these carriers are truly motivated and think this is the future, then they've both convinced themselves that they have to have it, and it, it could go on for a while.
3: Right. And what's the difference between two billion and three and a half billion for an AT T or yeah, Verizon? Exactly. I mean, right. they're just so massive. Yeah. I wonder, though, why do we know why Verizon hasn't come out and said that they're the other bidder? That like, is
2: there any sort
1: question. of reason do for Do you them? know? Have you gotten an answer on that, Scott?
2: Um, I, I can only suspect that they have a, perhaps a bidding partner involved. I'm just guessing. But it, it does seem at this point, you know, the. The the, gig, the gigs up. You, we know it's you, Verizon. We, we've already written this. And why are they we calling themselves
1: it's a multinational? No, right. They're not a multinational yeah, company. They are seem they? to be
3: inflating their. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're
1: only in this country. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't fully understand why they're calling themselves a multinational. When I saw
3: player. that, I thought SoftBank. I'm like, well, that's so, multinational. Right, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or at least like Deutsche Telekom. Or something right. Or right. Right. with T-Mobile. By the way, the Slingbox founder, it was Blake Krikorian and his brother Jason Krikorian. Those are the two people. Great memory. Yes. Blake Krikorian actually passed away in uh, 2016, I think. Um, Only 48 years old. Uh, Hmm. But they, uh, yeah, I remember speaking to them and they were not all that happy about Sling. But uh, now perhaps Sling TV will be sort of the the wave of the future, which, by the way, is part of the reason, besides your car connection, that AT&T and Verizon want to push over to 5G because they, too, see the future of video being mobile. And, in fact, that has driven all of AT&T's major acquisitions over the past couple of years. They bought DirecTV, and now, they're, of course, they they bought Time Warner, and they're hoping that that deal goes through.
2: Yeah, and it's not hard to imagine a, a mobile video world. We're already in it. Um, this is just going to be more video, faster, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Tara LaChapelle, Bloomberg Affiliate columnist, and Scott Moritz, our Bloomberg Wireless reporter, talking about the strange tale of Straight Path. I'll update you guys on how this thing ends. I assume when Straight Path is the largest company in the world uh, by the time (laughs) AT&T and Verizon get done buying this thing. Anyways, that'll do it for this week's episode of Deal of the Week. Thanks for listening. Uh, Remember, you can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts or on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Tara, where can people find you on Twitter?
3: At T-A-R-A-L-A-C-H.
1: And Scott? At Moritz Dispatch. Sarah Patterson is our producer. Alec McCabe is head of Bloomberg Podcast. See you next week.